Hello, do you have ADHD? Do you know someone who's suffering from ADHD and not sure where to go? Well, Dr. Ned Hallowell, my next guest, will answer all those questions and much, much more. So stay tuned, sit back and relax and grab your favorite beverage and I'll see you on the other side. See you there. Hello, and welcome to Inside the Asperger Studio. I'm Reed Miles, and today I'm joined with esteemed ADHD specialist, Dr. Ned Hallowell. Welcome to the show, Dr. Hallowell. It's lovely to be with you, Reed. Thanks so much for inviting me to join you. Not a problem. Let's start off with something very simple. Is there really a difference between youth and adult ADHD? No. I mean, any more than... I mean, just as there is a difference between youth and grown-ups, sure, there's a difference, but uh, there's no specific differences uh, in the condition. Of course, kids tend to be more active, more hyperactive, uh, but that's true whether they have ADHD or not. Uh, so the, the the collection of traits and tendencies uh, are the same in, in both age groups, all age groups. Yeah, I mean, then that kind of begs the kind of begs to differ of why do insurance companies sit there and say, oh, we're going to take you off of your ADHD meds because you're no longer a teen, you're an adult. I didn't know they did that. But if they do that, that's because they're ignorant. That's so true. And that's my same feeling, too. I mean, because they're I mean, one of the biggest questions is why is it so hard for people like us you and me and anyone else on ADHD to get on ADHD medicine. I mean, you have to jump through so many loops just to get approved. Well, you shouldn't have to. Uh, you know, you, if if it were done properly, you go see a doctor, you get a diagnosis, and you get the medication. Uh, you, you shouldn't have to jump through hoops to any, any more than you should have to jump through hoops to get, uh, you know, treatment for any condition. But, you know, as we all know, the, the, the kind of stigma and ignorance that surrounds mental health is, is remarkable. And it means that a lot of people don't get the help that's readily available. In, in no field of medicine does the consumption of the science lag further behind the science than in mental health. And it's, and it's because of stigma. It's because of ignorance. It's because uh, even doctors don't know, you know, the, the full story. Yeah, I mean, the reason I've brought this up is when I was put, I was put on Silert at a very young age before we knew I had ADHD. <clears throat> and then as I got older, I was taken off of it because it had issues of the liver. Put me on Stratera and it was like night and day. There was no stimulation and I felt like a zombie. So I took myself off. Then later in life, I got a really good therapist and he put me on Adderall and then it was, I had to jump through hoops between my therapist and the insurance company because I needed prior age approval. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it was just a back and forth between the therapist and the insurance company until I told my doctor the appropriate thing to ask the insurance company. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You shouldn't have to do that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that's why I brought that up. I mean, I don't understand why I had to do all the running 
when it should have been between the therapist and the insurance company to begin with. That's right. The patient shouldn't have to be the one who, uh, you know, brokers his own treatment. Now, I have a question for you, and this is because I have a friend who's going through this. He's been taken off of his ADHD medicine because of prior health issues, but he can't get on anything else because of his prior health. What kind of advice do you have for someone struggling with ADHD who who can't get on traditional medicine? What kind of well, what, yeah, I, I First of all, I'd question why can't he? You know, what he do you had, mean? Because, because of what what prior health issues did he have? He's got POTS. What's that? Um, it's something to do with the heart. So they oh, told okay. Him, so he can't take stimulants because of his heart. Yes. Okay. First of all, he ought to check with a cardiologist and get a second opinion because, in fact, there are very few cardiac conditions that uh, foreclose your chance to get on stimulant medication. A lot of doctors are not aware of that. So he should consult with a a, a really well-trained cardiologist because he may still be able to get on it. But if he can't, there are certainly medications not in the stimulant category. Uh, my favorite amongst those is Wellbutrin. Uh, but guanfacine can sometimes help. Amantadine, which is a med most people don't know about, is an antiviral medication that, in fact, can be very helpful with ADD. All right. Next question is, how do you manage your own ADHD? I mean, we all know you are yourself and have ADHD. Where, yeah. what, are you, what is your secrets to managing it? Well, you know, I'm 71 years old, so I've had 71 years of practice. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess practice is, you know, I'm still trying to get it right. I still make mistakes. I still misspeak. It can be really hard to have this condition. I'll say things that are inappropriate, off the wall, uh, out of place. And, you know, it's embarrassing. But, you know, that's a small part of my life. The major part of my life is wonderful because I have the the special qualities that come with ADHD, imagination, creativity, drive, you know, a vision of how things could be. And I've been working my whole life to try to bring that vision to the world. And, and so um, how have I achieved what I have achieved in, in, in the positive side? Um, I went to great schools. I was lucky enough to do that. I had great teachers. Um, then I married the right person and I find that I found the right line of work. I always say, you know, those are obvious, but they're crucial, you know, marry the right person and find the right job. And then I, I was able to like, as I like to put it, find my hydroelectric plant, you know, ADD is like Niagara Falls until you find a hydroelectric plant. It's just a lot of noise and mist. But when you find your hydroelectric plant, you can light up the state of New York. And my hydroelectric plant was writing. So with the books that I wrote, I was able to get the the truth out there about this condition. And it's still grossly misunderstood, but I'm doing my best in bringing it to the world. Bravo on what you've done. Thank you. You're very welcome. Well, next question I want to ask is, is there any relation between ADHD and low self-esteem? Do they kind of go hand in hand with each other? Oh, yeah. I mean, particularly untreated ADHD. If your ADHD is not recognized and not treated, uh, it's almost for sure you're underachieving. And, you know, you have moments of brilliance, but then moments of absolute opposite. And so a repeated, uh, a, a repeated track record of, of underachievement 
unexplained underachievement where there's no obvious reason for it uh, leads you to think, well, I guess I'm just a loser. So, you know, it, it's real common. In fact, the rule rather than the exception that, that adults who have never had their ADD dealt with have very low self-esteem. And then, of course, that leads to substance abuse, depression, anxiety, bad choices, you know, the, the the marginalized life is not a happy one. So, but that's why I call the diagnosis of ADD such a good news diagnosis. Most medical diagnoses are bad news. This is good news because things can only get better. When you have this diagnosis, things can, can only get better. That's so true. I mean, when my family finally found out I had ADHD, it was like a light bulb just went off above their heads. And it kind of explained a lot about my own behaviors. Yes. Why I acted the way I did, what I did, what I do, why I say some things. Yep. May I ask how old were you when it got diagnosed? I was in the late 20s uh-huh. when they finally figured out I had both ASD and ADHD. And how did your life change after that? It was like a light bulb. It was like uh-huh. it explains why I'm doing what I'm what I do, what I do, what. I never knew why I sit there and I blurt things out to people or say things inappropriate or interrupt people in the middle of their stories or talking. It was like, I mean, there was a story my parents used to tell me about. I used to take apart my father's tools just to see how they work. And they never could figure out why I did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that and it was your curiosity in action, you know, your brilliance in action. Yeah, I mean, one of the questions that I do want to ask you is, when when I was in school, both high school and college, I took on-time tests. Now, is part of my ADHD the fact that when I was taking my test, I'm seeing other people finish their test, and all of a sudden I feel like I need to rush? Is that like part of ADHD thing? I, I don't want to be the last one standing? Well, that's not ADD. I mean, that's everybody. You know, a lot of people don't want to be the last one. So I, I wouldn't describe that to ADD. But you're ha- you're you're troubled doing it in the allotted time. That is ADD because you're being yeah. you know you're being distracted throughout. Yeah, I mean everything. I mean, they sit me down in this little cubicle. Any little noise distracts me. People mm-hmm. walking, um, people typing. It's just like, how do you expect me to focus? You know, I have ADHD. So I just yeah. feel like I need to rush to get it to get through, so I'm not sitting there struggling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, how do people know that if they have AD, ADD or ADHD, or is it just one thing now? It, technically, it's just one diagnosis: ADHD. If you have the symptom of hyperactivity, then it's called ADHD combined type. If you don't have the symptom of hyperactivity, then it's called ADHD primarily inattentive. So it's basically ADHD without the H or ADHD with the H. Right. Now, do you, are there any self-taught ways to help with focus with people? Are there any what? Self-taught ways for folk, for people who have trouble focusing. Well, the, the simplest one is just do what you're interested in. See, we, we repel from boredom, but we glomp on to stimulation. So as long as you can be doing something that stimulates you, you'll pay attention. It's a myth that we can't pay attention. We can pay super attention. We can pay better attention than anyone. 
But when you introduce boredom, our mind wanders off. It doesn't go empty. That's why deficit is such a misnomer. But it goes elsewhere. The, your mind uh, goes elsewhere when, when it's not stimulated, when it's not engaged. Now, that kind of reminds me of a question I have is ADD and memory. I, I can't retain anything I learn. I have a master's and a bachelor's. And none of the stuff I learned from school sticks. Is that due to my ADHD? Well, that's true. To, that's true for a lot of people. Uh, you know, I think most of us couldn't pass our 10th grade geography exam or 10th grade, you know, history exam. So I, I wouldn't ascribe that to ADD. But the but there is a direct relationship between ADHD and memory. If you think of your memory bank as a board mm-hmm. and you think of a piece of information or data as a nail, attention is the hammer. All right. So if your attention is waxing and waning, a lot of those nails don't get hammered in. Okay. Now, here's a question I have for you. Do you think that cell phones and tablets are either helping or hindering those who have ADHD? Oh, both. Uh, they're a tremendous aid, a tremendous aid for all the obvious reasons. But uh, if you overdo them, if you use them as a replacement for human interaction, then they then they hinder. If you use them as a something to suck on, I call it screen sucking. If you <laughs> if every idle moment you're on your cell phone or laptop, then then it's getting in your way. All right. What are some of the ways you can suggest people can deal with distractions from their ADHD? Do what you're interested in. Um, it, it's really that simple. When you're interested, you will focus as long as you've had enough sleep and you're not preoccupied with some emotional issue. You know, there are other things that pull you away other than boredom. Uh, but uh, if if all things being equal, if you've eaten well and had enough sleep mm-hmm. and had exercise, you know, that, then it then it's, you know, and there are things you have to do that are not interesting and you, you won't be paying attention, you know, when you're brushing your teeth or when you're cleaning up your room or when you're filing a memo. Uh, that's when you're liable to make a mistake. Now, you can't make many mistakes brushing your teeth, so you probably don't need to worry about that. But uh, there are times when, you know, you're, you're, you're likely to lose uh, focus and, and make a mistake. And it, it's when you're not interested in what you're doing. And I get that a lot. I mean, it's like I can read a book and all of a sudden I'll put it down and I just totally lose focus on it for weeks on end. And then I just totally forget about it. And I realize I'm just bored. Yeah, yeah. Now, let's see. How do you handle your own ADHD on a daily basis? Well, you know that's that's a big question. I, again, I've been doing it for so long, I, I really don't think about it. But I try as much as I can to occupy my sweet spot. And in, in terms of work, uh, the sweet spot is you, you, what you really like to do, what you're good at doing, and what someone will pay you to do. <laughs> uh, you know, so like right now, you're not paying me to do this, so it's not completely my sweet spot, but I like doing this and I'm good at doing it. So we got two out of three and I, and I try to, I try to stay in that spot as much as I can. Now there are times when, you know, I, I can't, when I have to do paperwork or when I have to, you know, talk to a bureaucrat or something like that. I, so I can't always be in my sweet spot, but I try as much as I can. And then, as I said, the two overriding variables, I married the right person, found the right job. It's so true. I mean, I've noticed with my own hyper focus, if I'm focused on something, I do it well. Right. 
And my parents can say one of the things I do great is I research. Right. I want, if I want something, I research it to death until I like it, until I get right. it. Right. Now, would you consider your books your hyper-focus? Your writing? But, yeah, when I'm writing, I, I certainly do hyper-focus. Yeah, by all means. So that's my hydroelectric plant. You know, I, and I and in people, we really need a creative outlet. We ADDers, if we don't have a creative outlet, you know, we we just don't feel right. That's why I'm always working on a book. You know, I finished my last book in in Jan. I, my last book came out in January, and now I'm uh, thinking about uh, my next book, which will be a novel. Now, how do you keep yourself organized, and what do you suggest people to do? People can do to keep themselves organized. Well, a combination of, of what I've learned to make habits over the years, but also the help of other people. Um, I have assistants, I have agents, I have, uh, you know, a, a cleaning person who comes in once a week and her team goes through my, my house and, and my wife certainly helps out a lot, uh, you know, so uh, it, it's it's a team effort. And, and, and you know, I... I I had to learn how to be pretty well organized to do medical school and do a medical internship. So, you know, I, I have I have overcome the tendency toward disorganization through all of those methods. Yeah. Now, what signs would with someone who doesn't know they have ADHD, what kind of signs should they look for? Well, above all, for an adult, unexplained underachievement. They know they should be doing better. They know they're smart enough, creative enough, motivated enough. They, you know, they, they've got the resources and opportunities. Their health is otherwise good. Mm -hmm. So there's no obvious reason. They don't have untreated nearsightedness or they're hard of hearing, you know, whatever. There, there's no other explanation for why they're not fulfilling their potential. And, and, you know, then they can get depressed and frustrated and anxious and they get diagnosed with depression and anxiety, but that's not the real problem. The real problem is the undiagnosed, untreated ADHD. So unexplained underachievement is right at the top of the list. Now, where would you suggest people go if they want to get tested for like their ADHD, if, they're, if they sure. are aware they have it? Yeah, I, let me use the word evaluated because there is no test. That's a that's a common misconception. We don't have a foolproof test for ADHD. The best thing we've got is the history. And if someone should take your history, who knows what he or she is doing? Mm -hmm. You start with your PCP and get a referral to someone who specializes in ADD. It could be a psychiatrist, psychologist, could be a social worker, could be a family doctor. You know, there are a lot of people who have taken an interest in this condition. But make sure you see someone who knows what he or she is doing, because it's it's if you don't see the right person, you'll almost invariably just get diagnosed with depression or anxiety. Yeah. I mean. I can tell you a story about how my parents had an idea. They knew I was, I had some kind of form of ADHD. When I was in high school, they, during Peter, teacher, during um, Peter, parents teacher conference. Yeah. They'd get called, they'd get told, Reed can't sit still in class. He can't focus. He fidgets. He won't sit still. He moves around. And then one day they go, they get a call. We found out he sits still from one class and one class only. And, yeah. the teacher, and you're like, what is that? What class was it? General science. Uh-huh. Great. Because you're and, interested. 
Yeah, it was. I loved the class. And what's funny is I remember the professor. He's the only teacher in that in my high school. I remember his name. And I remember the quote he used to always tell us, which is, you don't know what you know until you know everything at all. And the teacher's <laughs> name was Daniel Stewart. Uh-huh. That's that's wonderful. Yeah. What what would you attribute to your success? Oh, the grace of God. You know, the, the I was lucky enough to find wonderful teachers, people who cared about me, um, people who took an interest in me. And uh, I was, you know, I was lucky enough to have teachers who were able to challenge me in such a way that I could rise to the challenge. A lot of luck. And, um, uh, you know, you can't prescribe luck, but I, you know, I certainly was lucky with the people that I met along the way. I never, I'm one of the very few people you can ever find, particularly among people who have ADD, who, and I also have dyslexia, who can say, I, I never had a bad teacher. That's a pretty amazing statement for someone who went all the way through medical school. I, I never had a bad teacher. I mean, yeah, I mean, you and I both, I have ADD. Like I told you when we had the initial phone call, I have ASD, ADHD, a bit of OCD, and I am also dyslexic. Yeah, good for you. And just like you, I had good teachers through school who understood me, who didn't punish me, who worked mm-hmm. with me. Mm-hmm. And then come college, I did everything on my own online for my bachelor's. But when I went away for my master's, I had a really good disability department that understood me. And they were there to help me throughout everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had... He set me up with like with a therapist for six weeks. I had a well-being advisor that stuck with me for the remainder of my year there. So every day I, I had an appointment once a week with both well-being and my disability. And that's what helped me get through school. Mm-hmm. 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 And lastly, what inspired you to start your podcast and what was your inspiration to write your books? Well, I've always wanted to be a writer. I wanted to be a writer before I wanted to be a doctor. So, so that that yeah. inspira- that inspiration is long standing. The podcast was someone someone said to me one day, "You ought to do a podcast." And so, I did a podcast called Distraction uh, for five years, and then I've I've left that company. And now I'm going out on my own, and a, my new podcast is called Doctor Hallowell's Wonderful World of Different. <laughs> love that name anyways it was great talking with you dr hallowell well thank you reed you're a remarkable guy and i i think your uh, your example is is uh, inspiring for all your listeners i i uh, i take my hat off to you you're you're doing great work thank you very much all right thanks reed not a problem dr hallowell see you around take care bye-bye bye-bye